Jewish Money Matters, episode 254, Money and Jewish Spirituality with Sarah Blau, educator and author of the newly released book, Close to You. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Money, Jewish spirituality, they sound like two different things, unrelated. Let's talk about that. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. I can't think of a better woman to come shed some light on what might seem like contradictory things. Sarah Blau is with us today. She's the author of Close to You, Daily Spiritual Motivation Inspired by the Tanya. What is the Tanya and what does close to you really mean? Struggling with your relationship with God, not feeling motivated to do mitzvot or uninspired by Jewish observance? Well, we talk about that. Struggling with your engagement with the world, feeling anxious, depressed. Sarah helps us put all of this into the proper perspective. And wait, where does the money piece come in? You'll soon find out. A little bit more about Sarah. She's the author of over 20 children's books and over 150 articles on Chabad.org, as well as being a renowned international speaker. Let's dive in. Here's Sarah Blau. Wow, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's an honor and an absolute delight to be with you. <laughs> we, we get to hang. This is just a good excuse for us to hang out, people. No, but really, totally. Totally. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about your new book. This is, you know, might seem like a little bit of a de- detour from the regular money conversation, but really it isn't because as you know, Sarah, and I hope my listeners know at this point that really spirituality, it goes hand in hand with physicality. So there's, there's nothing that we're not going to touch up on today when we dive into your new work that doesn't impact how we engage with our physical life, right? And materiality, the major thing that we do that we relate to on a physical level is money, but there are others, obviously. So you just published this great new book close to you, um, which is day. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. And I'm embarrassed to say that I've yet to buy my copy, even though I said for years, I've been saying to my husband, I will send you one. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. But you should know for years, I've been saying to my husband, as I prepare classes on Tanya, which we'll get into in a minute, I, I kept saying there needs to be a book for women on the Tanya, like who really breaks this up for women specifically. And my husband would look at me like, what? What are you talking about? Why? <laughs> like, you don't get it, right? Anyway, Sarah Blau gets it, ladies. All right. So we have a book now, Daily Spiritual Mo- Motivation Inspired by the Tanya. By the way, is it specifically for women? So here's the thing. Someone just ordered 75 of them to give out a bar mitzvah. Men oh. are enjoying it too. I'm but excited. I wrote- I wrote it for women. I wrote it, you know, in short and in style and to fit the lifestyle of busy Jewish women. But from what I hear, it's resonating with people, with Jewish people. Nice. 
Nice. And that's the best. Nice, 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 nice. Okay. So let, before we get to the content of this book, um, why don't we start with the title close to you? Why is it called close to you? And well, it's inspired by the Tanya. So maybe you can even dive in afterwards on a little explanation of what that is. Cause not everybody in the audience might be familiar with the text. Why is it close to you? So it's interesting. I called it close to you because the Tanya itself is based on the verse in the Torah that says it is close to you, which means it's close to each and every one of you, regular, normal people living daily lives. And what is the it? And what is it? And this is really what the whole question of the book of Tanya is. It is close to you to serve God, right? In your heart and in your mind and and, and with your mouth and, and to do it. And the obvious question is one second. Beficha, which is with your mouth, it's very easy to talk the talk. Mm-hmm. La which is action, it's also pretty simple to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. But Bilvafcha in your heart, how are you supposed to feel feelings and emotions for God? It sounds really out there and spiritual and esoteric and like regular earthy people who like are just trying to mm. make a living and have mm-hmm. a family and take care of the day-to-day life. How is it close to you? How is it relevant? Now, the book of Tanya is brilliant and so full of insight, but it's also in Hebrew and lengthy. So my goal really was to make the book of close to you, close to you. In other words, uh-huh. the Tanya is based on this verse of close to you, that it's close to you to serve God. And I really wanted to just take it that step further and show that it's really relevant. It's like, you don't have to be a certain type of person. It's not only, you know, certain spiritual style people. If you're a Jew and you have a soul, it's realistic, it's attainable. You can feel real emotions of love and awe towards God. And you could really feel passionate about your Judaism and everything else in your life. I love that answer. And I do have to ask you, though, what if we have the opposite scenario where I do feel a great degree of love and awe for Hashem, like for God? I feel like, oh, my gosh, um, I, I totally believe and I'm totally grateful and I'm, I'm totally inclined to have a relationship. But yet I don't do. I don't get to that part, right? So the close, the, the, the challenge of closeness is not on the feeling. I'm asking, what if the challenge of closeness is in the doing? So that tension exactly is the conversation that goes back and forth in the Tanya. We go back and forth where the Alter Rebbe first emphasizes the importance of action. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he emphasizes the importance of the passion. And really, it's this dance. The Hebrew words for it is ratzo and shuv. Ratzo literally means running and shove literally means returning. But this is really the story of our lives that sometimes we swing one way where we're just like totally not inspired. And we're just like keeping Shabbos, keeping kosher, taking on a mitzvah, but we feel nothing. Mm. And sometimes we're on the opposite. Exactly. As you described, we're like so inspired. We're in nature. We're in awe of God's creation and we're not doing. And this is the cycle. You know, the cycle is Make sure not to get too carried away. Get inspired and channel it into a mitzvah. Mm. Get inspired and give tzedakah. Get inspired and do the mitzvah. And it's it's really the story of our lives. You know, like the Mishnah says, against your will, you are alive. Against your will, you die. And the Alter Rebbe actually explains this in the Tanya to mean that wherever you're up to, right? It doesn't mean literally dying. It means like escaping from the world. Like you have no choice. We Mm -hmm. can't continue to live uninspired, but we also can't continue to live only inspired without having an outlet. The altar ever says it's like, imagine someone who's thirsty, but doesn't drink. 
Wow, inspiration yeah. is like you're thirsting something you want a fix you want god you want spirituality but if you're not going to take a drink you're going to stay thirsty mm-hmm. if you're so inspired but you're not going to tie it to an act a torah act or some sort of a physical act you will stay thirsty you won't be satisfied mm. you won't get that hit you're looking for something <gasps> what are you looking for you're looking for a tangible physical mitzvah so it's really about wow. both Close to you is about bifticha in your mouth, bilvafcha in your heart, la saisai, and carrying that passion into action. So what I'm hearing from you is the struggle is real. Don't feel bad about yourself. Don't put yourself down. This is all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have a lot of shame and the altar of it discusses these emotions, these the shame, the guilt. You know, how could it be that I'm however old I am? It was actually my birthday this past job as I turned 33. And some of the things that I struggle with, I'm struggling with since I'm 13. And it's really the evil inclination that pulls us down and makes us feel shamed and bad about ourselves. And we're such terrible people. It's not even coming from a godly place because really, really, our, our godly soul wants us to be happy and joyful and serve God. And all that shame and feeling bad about ourselves is just going to pull us down and make us even, you know, it's like when you feel guilty because you ate a piece of cake, what do you do to comfort yourself? Eat more cake. Right. <laughs> so we want to get rid of the shame and the unhealthy guilt. And yeah, this really does normalize struggle. The author of it basically says earth to people, mm-hmm. you will be people and people struggle. And people, you know, the author actually discusses that we have two forces inside of us. That is the human nature. We have the altruistic part of us, which is the godly soul. And we have the sense, you know, the sensual, the, the, the selfish, the, the very physical parts of us. And it's, and it's this dynamic that we are struggling with. But here's something very interesting. I used to always think, you know, when they told us about the war with our Yitzhar Hara and Yitzhar Tov, I thought, you know, like that game where you take the stick and you like punch it down, the, the alligator come out. I used yeah, to yeah, think yeah. like, you want to do the wrong thing, punch it down. And it's a totally different approach. The author says, we, we're not engaging with the bad. We're not going to fight with the fact that we have, like, it, it's not exciting that we have human impulses to do the wrong thing. That we know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. We're going to put our energy, the fight, doesn't look like you know the typical fight where we're arm to arm combat the fight looks where we're not engaging we're putting all our energy in the next right thing Mm -hmm. the next minute the next mitzvah the next good deed learning about god we're focusing on shining light and that will automatically fight the darkness and i didn't really understand it years ago the more i mature the more i realized that that feeling of down that comes from like i failed or how could i still be struggling with this I don't, I, I, I don't give it attention. That's the strategy. My strategy is not to give it attention. My strategy in serving God is how could I inject joy? How could I inject love? How could I inject gratitude? How could I inject meditating on God, thinking about God? Because the truth is when I think about myself, it's pretty depressing. Mm-hmm. Hashem wired us that way. When we're stuck in our own mud, we don't do well. Hashem wired us that when we transcend ourselves, we are in the most emotionally healthy place possible. You know, as I'm hearing this, I'm thinking of the process that my students go through of overcoming all the shame and the guilt and that goes around their financial life. Even if they're, you know, you could say financially high earners, you know, there's so much guilt and there's so much fame, um, shame and also the ego that you just talked about, right? Um, our ego can take us to 
very not healthy places in the way we engage with our clients or customers, or we just take the natural strides of life, um, which is so cool to hear because it's everything that you're addressing here can impact. This is, this is what we're saying is this is directly going to going to have a direct impact in your everyday life. It's not a theoretical book. It's not absolutely. It's not sit and just like, Oh, internalize these concepts. No, you're going to be able to apply them to every percent. Right. And, and here's what I found also, you know, naturally I'm, I'm a creative. I think of stories and I've noticed that all of us to a certain extent do. We, we're meditating anyway. And the question is, what are we going to choose to meditate about? Either I'm meditating about how somebody in my family said something so offensive to me, or how could the neighbor or this one doesn't like me or, uh, you know, self pity party. Our mind is going, our mind is going, it's playing a tape again and again and again. So what tape are we going to play? Right. What soundtrack are we going to play? And that's what the alter ever wants to capitalize on. We want to take your brain. We want to take your system that you've got. And think godly thoughts and think holy thoughts and contemplate on the wonders of creation on, on, and that's what we do every day when we, we pray, when we mm-hmm. dive in, mm-hmm. we start and it's very poetic and it's very artistic because we want to get out of ourselves and recognize this incredible world that God gave us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you mentioned before about how it, it's very practical. I read a letter of the Rebbe recently to a lawyer. Yeah. And the Rebbe said to her, you know, you very well know from legal cases, the value of precedence. And he said, even if you don't understand why spirituality has such an impact on your physical life, I'm telling you, there are so many precedents that when Jews feel that their lives are aligned with God and Torah and mitzvahs, it impacts their entire life, including their money, mm-hmm. including their dis- ability to make financially responsible, healthy and wise decisions. Yep. So take it from the people who've experienced it. I love that. I love that insight. And you just brought me back to myself yesterday, sitting at the library, trying to work on my book and feeling completely deflated after a couple hours thinking, yesterday, I did so much better with my writing. I didn't get it in as many words as I needed. And I don't know if this book is coming out to the world. And I don't know what I'm doing and why am I doing this? And I ha- then I had to like switch the tape and said, God, you want me to do this. I know you want me to do this. It's okay. Not every day is going to be the perfect writings, you know, (laughs) but I got to keep writing. (laughs) A hundred percent. You literally nailed it. It's like switching the mind frame from me and serving self to God and serving God. And the cool thing about it is that the altar of it teaches us how to get that animal soul on board. Also, mm-hmm. we're not here to fight it. We're here to explain to this energizing, passionate side of ourselves that this will be the best life for us. It yes. will, it will come on board. In other words, we want to ease the tension. We want the animal soul to come along with the godly soul. They need each other. Mm-hmm. The animal soul needs the godly soul's connection to God and the godly soul, you know, a soul up in heaven can't do anything. Right. But together they harness their energy. So we get to like intellectually explain to our own brains why this is the best life for us. Mm-hmm. Why living a spiritually in tune life is the best life right. we could give for ourselves, our families, our children, for the world. Yeah. 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 So focusing on the positive, that evil inclination, that animal soul, <laughs> you know, that, that not such good side, actually, you know, we, when we bring it along, right, that drive to, oh, put out the best book possible, because 
it is going to represent something about God. I mean, about Jewish life and whatever, right? It's, it's, it can exactly. be a healthy thing if we bring it along, right? This should be right. A, right. And that's what the author of it talks about. He calls it klipat, which is like a klipa, which is a peel, noga with light in it. It's like, imagine mm-hmm. taking an orange, peeling it, and then you got an orange. So there's good in it. It's just covered. And the goal and the purpose of a Jew is to uncover the light inside much of creation, because there are certain things that are forbidden. We know a Jew doesn't eat bacon, right? right? But that's really the minority of the world. Most of the world, our job, our vacations, our life, our families, 98% of our day is negotiating with what's permitted and revealing the light. And this mm-hmm. is really the, like a fundamental teaching of the Alter Rebbe. Every Jew has light sparks to reveal, and we can take everything in our life and reveal how it's for God. And instead of you, let's say, writing a book to promote your name, it's not about you. It's about God. Just like the Jewish women, you know, when they built for the Mishkan, for the house of God, they, they, they made the most beautiful curtains. They spun the wool on the, on the back, you know, while it was still on the goat's back. It's, it's a totally different mindset where the outcome is actually better physically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like abundantly better, even in a very, very practical sense. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and this segues us very much into money because money is exactly that, right? It's something that people, yes, people could do very harmful, destructive things with it. And then you could do glorious, amazing things. And by the way, the ego can also get involved. But as long as you're helping other people, okay, so work on your ego, but don't stop helping people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. There was a Rebbe, the Biala Rebbe, who once came to our Rebbe, to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he was talking to them about how hard it is for people to, you know, make a livelihood. And he was trying to find an excuse. He was saying maybe Jews are not concentrating enough on, on the fact that God sustains people. And the Rebbe gave a very quick response. He said, don't try to find excuses for God why people are not having good livelihood. We should demand that everyone should have abundant parnasa. And then the Rebbe says, and give charity before davening. It was like such an interesting response. The idea that, yes, we have to believe in God and sustain God, but like we should not be accepting anything less than an abundant so that we have all our needs and everything we want. And, and what's fascinating is, and I, I mentioned to this to you, and I want to just share it in chapter 37 of the Tanya, the Alter Rebbe really teases out why tzedakah and charity um, is so, so, so important. It's, it was called in the, you know, in the Talmud many times, the mitzvah, right? And it was equal to all other mitzvahs. And the Alter Rebbe explains like this. Remember how we spoke about revealing the light inside every physical thing? So imagine there was like a puzzle of, you know, a 10,000 piece puzzle. The more pieces you do, the closer you are to the end of it. Mm-hmm. So in the world, there's so much light to be elevated. Some mitzvahs elevate more and some mitzvahs elevate less. So let's mm-hmm. say you shake a lulav and an esrag. You elevated the lulav, you made that holy. You elevated the esrog, you made that holy. You even elevated your body, like the energy that you exerted to shake it. And you even elevated the food that you ate for breakfast because it gave you the energy. Mm-hmm. So any mitzvah that you do kind of is a lot of puzzle pieces. You, you like elevate a lot. Sadaka has something fascinating. If you took $150 and you gave it to charity 
and you didn't buy yourself a new coach purse, Mm -hmm. you get credit for that too. In other words, you're not only elevating the coin or the Mm -hmm. dollar or the Mm -hmm. money that you sent online. You're not only elevating the hours that you put into work. Again, physical energy of your animal soul that you exerted, you've made holy. It's like the mitzvah too. It's not, you don't just get credit for the penny. You're, you're transferring, you're like upgrading all the energy. You're even upgrading what you could have done with the money for yourself and you didn't. So stuff that's considered like way up there in terms of like this worldwide project of elevating this world and making this a messianic and godly world. Mm -hmm. It's all the high notes because when you give charity, you're literally transforming huge chunks of the world. You're transforming all the time you put into those business meetings. You're transforming the money. You're transforming your energy. You're literally making so many, so much of the world holy. You know, if we could see it with our physical eyes, you would just, you would see the sparks. But this is what the altar is telling us. This is what a godly and messianic world is when we're elevating, when we're transforming, when we're busy taking what we're given. You know, the altar ever says a Jew is given physicality and he makes from it spirituality. That's yes. what we're doing. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I, I just got to love it. I just love Hasidus. Um, now I got to ask you, because as we've established, the Tanya is a fairly complex work. So how have you structured the book? Is it by topics? Is it because there are a lot of topics in this very dense book? Is it by chapters? How did you go about structuring? I'm sure that was chapter. Yeah, it's, oh, by it's chapter, chapter by chapter. By section. I took, let's say, the first section of chapters, made an intro, a title, I grouped it together because there are themes, like we mentioned before, let's say passion versus action. So I divided it, but it is by chapter. It's a short summary of every chapter, you know, simple, easy. And my intention is start your day with a positive thing. Because remember, we spoke about the things that could fill our minds. Fill your mind with this. There are so many books of like daily meditations out there in the world. And I felt that there's not enough Jewish meditation. If I want a book that I could pick up and end with like a one liner, which I have at the bottom of every meditation, there's it's I call it a Tanya bit. It's like a one liner. So when, when, you know, I I really, my intention was women should read it. Women should start Mm -hmm. their day with it and then have something practical to think about. And as I'm flipping through it, you know, I'm seeing all the different topics. um, and, and, And this is what I want women to really walk away with. I, I love it. Now I have to ask you because you are an established author. You have more than 20 plus bo- children's books, right? And yeah. while you've been speaking internationally to audiences all over the globe about Jewish topics through the lens of Hasidus, mostly, you know, based on the Alter Rebbe's teachings and all of the um, Chabad Rabbeim, you hadn't written a book for adults. So I have to ask you, what was, what clicked? What was that impetus that you said, I must put a book out there? Like, what was that impetus for your first adult book? So really, I would say, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, that all good things come from challenges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I started writing my books for women, you know, this was the first one that came out about Tanya, but I have another one coming out soon called Thought Streams um, that Cahus is publishing. 
Oh, so wait, I should say, then I shouldn't feel bad that I'm writing one book, but I already am working on the second one at the same time. I told my husband, husband, how is it that I'm working on one book, but I'm working on two at the same time? He laughed. He's like, I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. Follow (laughs) what, you know, what Hashem, Hashem puts it in our head. Our inspiration is God given. Once you start, it's like, (laughs) exactly. But the truth is really where I was when I started writing books for women was, you know, I had been on this high in seminary. I spent two years in Sass in the mountains, watching sunsets, learning a Hasidus. And then I got married and I had kids and it was, I had all the blessings, but the contrast was really hard for me. I felt like I went from like high spiritual to like so mundane and I mm. really need to ground myself. And that was when I realized that I need to keep learning. I need to keep inspiring. Like that tension we spoke about before. I can't just do, 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 do. It, it was killing me. I said, I need to learn. And for me, this was the most effective because by learning and writing about it, it really uplifted me. It literally put me in a good mood. Right. It literally was an injection of spirituality. So it was a journey that I was doing for myself just as much as I was doing it for the women, you know, whether it's on Chabad.org or in the books and everyone who that I hope picks up this book, you know, like it, it was the realization that I cannot just do life without getting my mind on board, without mm-hmm. getting my heart on board. And that, that it gave me the excitement to continue raising my family and to have more children and to take care of them and to, you know, whenever I can to bake the challah, to, to have the guests so that it's really not just the action, but that the stimulation and and connection and passion is there. Yeah. We want to be in a state of inspired action, ladies. (laughs) Right. you sometimes have to swing one way and sometimes you have to swing another way, but really God wants a world of mitzvahs and he wants a bright world, Mm -hmm. a a world, a bright world with chandeliers. I mean, there's such a, you know, come in and see it's, it's listening. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And we do that by, by, by serving him and also by serving him with a smile and by doing it with, with joy. It's funny that you say that because I was actually just going to go there. I was actually going to say the happiness component is so it comes through the work so much like and i think even in this conversation that judaism is about light and joy and levity and it's not it's not meant to be something that is restrictive and holding you back god for god forbid the opposite and that you should be like you know downtrodden about it, it should feel burdensome you know uh, the contrary. It's completely the contrary. Exactly. And the author actually devotes a number of chapters to this because, you know, he says that imagine you have two opponents physically fighting each other and one's in a bad mood. He's not going to be able to fight. You know, even yeah. in the Olympics, they have the I heard this from Rabbi Chase Tao when he was explaining this. He says that the the restaurants could close, the banks could close Olympics, the players need to have access to emotional and spiritual support 24-7. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to access their clergy because you can't fight if something's weighing you down. And the same way it's like that physically, it's like that spiritually. If I'm depressed, if I'm anxious, if I'm worried, if I'm miserable, if I'm, all those negative emotions that we spoke with, it will get in the way of me serving God. So we have to tackle it. We have to troubleshoot it. We have to mm-hmm. do what we can on on a physical and spiritual level so that we could actually properly serve God. Yes. We could pray because if I'm stuck in bed in my sea of misery, I'm not helpful to anybody. 
So it's essential for us to, to heal and be happy and serve mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's that consciousness going from a me consciousness to a God consciousness, not what I need for myself, but what am I needed for? What does my creator need me for? And mm-hmm. that's such a powerful motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of my children's books is called Who Needs You? Oh, some people, <laughs> some people didn't, you know, they were confused by it. But the idea is God needs you. You are yes. needed. And and so many of us forget that. And we think, you know, would anyone even care if I wasn't here? And the answer is absolutely. Mm-hmm. If God put you here, God, don't make no mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's something very important that the world needs from you. And when you go there, it's not that you start feeling yourself happy. You don't feel yourself. When someone's yeah. in the flow, you're not feeling self. Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to get from feeling depressed about yourself to happy about yourself. We're trying to get to not feeling yourself, to be in the flow, to be in doing what God wants from you, where you're not self-conscious. You know, if something's hurting you, that oh, means good. it's a sign that something's wrong. We want to not feel yeah, our body. Good. We want to be able to just live and express and do and be. So good. And the truth is, if I tie that to the financial aspect of our lives, when we're engaging with our work and our career, really, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. We need to be engaged in a profession and a career and a means of making a livelihood where we feel that it's in completely aligned with who we are. And, you know, in a way that it like, I almost don't feel myself like I'm here to do this, like for the service of the world. Exactly. And God gave us indicators of where our life mission or shlichut is. God did that on purpose. These are all arrows. If I have a gift or a talent or an attraction to a certain avaida, that is, you know, a work that mm-hmm. is part of my life's mission. It's like the soul calling. The soul's like, I want, I want to be involved with this. It's like, I remember reading once a shadchan, a matchmaker writing that he doesn't make matches in mm-hmm. order to make money. Mm-hmm. He charges a fee so that he could continue to do his life's mission of making matches. Yeah. I really loved it because that's what this is about. We're not here to make money. Money's not our end Goal. result. Right. That's not it. We're making money so that we could continue to make an impact in the world right. and help people and give charity and have guests and raise a Jewish family and inculcate them with Jewish values and do what God wants. It's like the exact opposite. We're not money hungry. We're purpose driven. Yes. And automatically, automatically, when I invest my heart and soul into transferring that energy that we're talking about from physically to spiritually, there's there's an unlimited fund for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, so good. So good, Sarah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I want to wrap it up with what I like to call Jewish money matters fill in the blanks. I'm going to give you a set of open ended sentences and you just finish them with the first thing that comes to mind. All okay? right. Okay. All right. When I give Meitzer, my, I mean, Meitzer, Meitzer or Tzedakah, I like to give two. So I have a number of family members that have Chabad houses around the world, and nice. it is a joy to be a partnership in their shlachas. Wow. That's a nice answer that we hadn't gotten before. Beautiful. Yes. So good. So good. Um, I'd like to make more money because I could do more holy endeavors, you know, some of the things that I do don't actually make money, I need money to fund them. You know, not everything I do is a job. A lot of my projects um, are need funding and need sponsorship. So, you know, I do value having what it takes to raise a Jewish family to have guests to pay for their education, and to continue furthering the work and the message. 
Nice. Nice. Something I wish I'd learn about money growing up is. Um, a number of years after I started working, someone shared with me that she has a separate MICER account. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful for me. I automatically deposit my check. 10% goes to MICER, usually 10% savings also. But I love having a separate account for it. Um, and I also loved learning that God says we could test him with this, like that, that give MICER and it'll make you richer. Like, yeah, keep, don't worry. You know, yes. I see my little son worrying about giving, you know, $2 from his 20, you know, it's hard. It's so, 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 so hard. Mm-hmm. But putting it into a separate account is really empowering. I know that account. I could put it on a, someone sends me a charity link. I could use that account, you know, like so it's, good. it's very helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. And I always teach it. And I I, I think wh- whoever taught it to me years ago also was like life changing. And I can't right, remember. I like, exactly. How come I never thought of that? Like, right. Like, it, how, how, it wasn't part of the Jewish curriculum. Like it's such a basic, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we all know we have to give, but you know, if you put in a separate account, then you'll always be giving and it's there and you'll never feel like, oh, I don't know if I should give because I have to go to the grocery store soon. No, you'll always be there. And it's a pleasure, you know, such a pleasure. It's such a game changer. Ladies, if you take anything from this interview, (laughs) you you have a lot to take. Do Uh that. All right. Money, spiritual or physical? It's a marriage of the two. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what Jews are. We take physical and we make it spiritual. Yes. Yeah. Something I splurge on unapologetically is cleaning help. Oh, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get practical people. You know, this is important. The truth is if I have more cleaning help, I could work more and make more money and cover that. And I think about that sometimes, like if I would be spending all those hours cleaning, I would make much less money. So it's a Mm -hmm. worth an investment. Yeah, absolutely. And hello, you can write these amazing books that help people (laughs) all over the world because you're not cleaning. So yes, uh, I'll I'll support that one. Um, And you mentioned that you save. I was going to ask you, Sarah, saver or spender? Well, when you save into a separate account, then you could spend. You could spend what you have. Oh, I love that answer. So true. You know, right. No guilt. But I did say when I can, obviously, you know, different times in life, there are different circumstances, et cetera. Right, right. It's and and that's a good nuanced point. And and I think people should grasp that too. Listen, there might be times where you might be dipping into those savings, and that's okay. And there might be times where you're really saving more aggressively, or you have to downplay the savings because you're committed to something else that might be going on or whatever it is. All right. Today, I'm most grateful for. I'm so grateful for so much in my life, you know, for my family, for my job, for friends, for people like you. But I do want to take a moment to share one specific thing is that a few years ago, I actually was in a a lot of debt, me and my husband, and we sat and we strategized and I went to take a life coaching course and I thought I would just start a career in life coaching. I love helping people. And it was fascinating because right after I completed the course and I was like set to go launch that career, I got another opportunity that closed the gap for me. That was what I felt Hashem wanted for me. And it was much more aligned with my passion and what I love to do. And I learned from that, that God wants us to make what we call a Kaylee, a vessel. Mm. We need to do what we can to try and bring in the reasonable balance of money. And God will send the money his way. 
it was fascinating. And I'm really, really, really grateful. And I pray that God continue to show me the way that he can, you know, continue supporting our family through ways that I can give that feel really spiritually aligned and that really match my schedule as a mother and all my priorities. Yes. And that's, that's so good, right? When we are, when we're so clear about what our priorities are and we're so in connected, we are connected to the relationship. We're connected to God, right? Then it, it does flow. It does flow, but we have to right. be so clear. You got to have that, which is where this book really comes in because it really starts, you start meditating, you start pondering on these things and your priorities become much clearer as you do these exercises. Right, right. And it starts becoming a normal thing for you to stop and think, what is the most godly aligned thing for me right now? Right, exactly, exactly. What does God need from me right at this moment? Right, right. right. And you're talking to Hashem and you're saying, Hashem, show it to me, make it clear for me. And, right. and I do that all the time. Please show me when it's time to move on. Who knows? I might go back to the life coaching one day, but for right now, you know, I feel like Hashem made it abundantly clear that I could continue doing what I'm doing and it would work for our family. Yes. So there's no need to panic. I think what it is, is this type of conversation that you and I just described with ourselves and with God, it's not from a place of panic or anxiety at this, at this level, we're comfortable having this conversation, trusting that God has our back. So I don't need to worry. It just feels good. Ah, so good. All right. Finally, I'm Sarah Blau and I believe Jewish money matters because this is the way we can elevate and impact the world. And you know what, Yael, I have to say something. I didn't plan it. Do you see the necklace I'm wearing? Yes. Just talking about money. It is a Reba dollar. This is my Reba dollar in a necklace. Really? I have to just share because this is what the Reba did. People came by the Reba and what did he give them? He gave a dollar and a mm-hmm. dollar and a dollar and a dollar. And besides for all the blessings that it came with, that was his message. Take it and give charity. Take the money and give charity. And that's what I'd love to end off with. Jewish money matters. Take it and give charity and make an impact in this world and make this world a more Mashiachtic, Messianic, and godly world. Beautiful. Thank you, Sarah Blau. The book is close to you and we can buy it anywhere on Amazon, everywhere, right? Yes. Or on Meaningful Life Center's website. They are the publisher and they are carrying the book as well. Amazing. Thank you for this insightful and beautiful conversation. So appreciate it. Pleasure. Always fun talking to you. Thanks to Sarah Blau for stopping by. The book again is Close to You, Daily Spiritual Motivation Inspired by the Tanya, and you can find it on Amazon or on MeaningfulLife.org. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Perhaps some of this was new to you, and if so, I'd love to know. Send me some questions or comments. You know, I'm always looking to answer your questions right here on Fridays, and also always looking for you to leave feedback on the show via the Apple Podcast platform. So take a second to leave a review and rating. If you're driving, don't do it now. (laughs) Do it when you park your car. It only takes a second, and since you're already in the app leaving the review, then you might as well share the link to the show or to this particular episode to another Jewish woman who you think will benefit from it. Spread some light and spread some love. Thanks again. I'll see you here Friday. And remember, your Jewish money matters.